0: Splendid. There's a nice fire going here in the morning room. And Roger has arranged all your letters on the desk. Let's have the morning quietly by ourselves, shall we, Felix?
1: No, anything
2: to so, say, my dear. It has turned cold, hasn't it? Yes, I'm content to stay at home, doing the correspondence.
0: I have letters to write also.
2: Mm, what's this? Yes, our writing seems familiar. And a foreign stem, of course, again. know. Dear Droops, this will come as a shock to uh, her job. I can't believe it. It's signed Brawny.
0: What is it, dear? You've gone quite pale. Are you ill?
2: Well this letter it, it claims to be from my older brother, Matthew, but but he died. He, he died many years ago. <laughs> present the stories of Sherlock Holmes.
3: The Eldest Son. Looking back over the years and the hundreds of cases I've chronicled about Sherlock Holmes, I recall one of the most interesting to be the chancery action brought by Matthew Inglethorpe for the recovery of his lawful inheritance. It was about the turn of the century that Sir Rufus Inglethorpe died. He'd lived for many years on his own at a vast country estate known as the Elms near Canterbury. After his death, his younger son Felix and his wife Jennifer took over the house for a while, all was peaceful. And then, a ripple of rumour began to run through London society. The newspapers and social publications hinted that all was not well at the Elms. I think it was at that point that Holmes started taking an interest. Hmm. What do you know of the Inglethorpe family, Watson? Well, little or nothing, Holmes a name that is being continually bandied about in society, but as I take little interest in such affairs, I confess I'm, well, more or less ignorant. Well, why should I be interested?
1: Well, because the family appears to have the seeds of destruction planted within itself. I've noticed that it occurs regularly in history and continues right until the present day. Now, let me see. I have several old scrapbooks here that would prove invaluable upon family references. Now, let me see. Ah, yes, I think this might tell me. Ah, yes, yes, here we are. There was an Admiral Inglethorpe who greatly distinguished himself in the wars against the Dutch. And, of course, Sir Rufus, who died recently, was a famous army man. Yes, it was well known that he had an ungovernable temper. He ruled the family with a rod of iron. And inevitably, the eldest son, Matthew, kicked against this imposed discipline once he became of age. There was an enormous row, and Matthew left the estate never to return. For a while, he wrote secretly to his mother. But she soon became ill and died. Matthew is thought to have died in Africa.
3: Oh, dear. I seem to have heard those sort of stories so many times in connection with wealthy
1: families. Uh, I agree. Also, it seems that the daughter, Phoebe, caused a sensation by marrying an actor named Clarence Howard. As might have been expected, Sir Rufus lost his famous temper and she also left the Elms. Yes, they also travelled abroad, America mostly. And who was left? Well, just the other son, Felix who left only to marry a wealthy society beauty, Jennifer Trent. It's they who are the present owners of the Elms.
3: Well, this may be of interest to some people, but I'm surprised that you find it so, Holmes. After all, the domestic squabble of the Inglethorpe family is a family matter. There's nothing criminal going on, not surely. Not at the
1: moment, not at the moment, but there could be. You see, Felix Inglethorpe used to be a member of the Diogenes Club. He's recently resigned. My brother, Mycroft, attributes it to yet another family scandal. Ah, He appear to have a visitor. Now, this could be most interesting. You see, Mycroft was mentioning my name only recently to Jennifer Inglethorpe, who's distressed at her husband not using the club. Now, I wonder.
4: A lady to see you, Mr. Holmes. Says she's sorry she doesn't have an appointment. But here's her card, and she's waiting below. She's very nice. Proper lady, beautifully dressed.
1: Oh, thank you. Ah, yes, yes. Show the lady up, Mrs. Hudson. Very good, sir. Well, I'd better put the scrapbook away, Watson. It makes it look a little too obvious. The lady is indeed Mrs. Jennifer Inglethorpe. And it is a coincidence, Holmes. Oh, no, no, not really. She must have seen the papers and realized things were coming to a head. Ah.
4: Mrs. Inglethorpe.
1: Ah, good day to you, madam. I pray do come in. It's a very cold day, but we have a good fire. Thank you. But... Uh, allow me to introduce <laughs> you. This is my friend and colleague, Dr. <laughs> Watson. You may feel free to speak to him as you would to me.
0: This is a most delicate matter. Well,
1: I'll leave you if you wish, madam.
0: No. No. Your brother, Mycroft, has told me much about you, Mr. Holmes. And you too, doctor. Uh, uh, May I remove my case? uh,
3: Please, uh, allow me. Thank you. Uh, Now, uh, do sit down near the
1: fire.
0: I shall be most comfortable here, thank you. I, uh... I hardly know where to begin.
1: It is regarding your husband and the fact that there is a claimant to the Elms Estates... His elder brother Matthew, who was thought to have been dead these twenty years, has now returned to this country, and as the eldest son of the family, maintains that the Elms is his. Is that not so?
0: Mr. Holmes, I cannot think how you know this. We have done our best to suppress these facts.
1: Ah, but some news has leaked to the daily press, and speculation is now rife. I do sympathize, Mrs. Inglethorpe, but I hardly see how I can help.
0: I'm so confused, Mr. Holmes. I thought if I could present all the facts to you, you, you might be able to make me see the whole affair in a more reasonable light, and and then I might be of more support to my husband in his dilemma.
1: Very well. I'm willing to listen to whatever trouble you find yourself in.
0: Well, it is much as you suggest. Matthew, Felix's brother, has returned after over 20 years. He approached the solicitors, Coins and Blanco, mm-hmm. and they have drawn up a sworn affidavit regarding the whole of his activities. He says his life is an open book and anyone is willing to question him on any matter. My husband agreed to meet him privately and... Well, he is inclined to believe that this stranger from the grave is his own brother. I see. But we cannot just accept his testimony at face value. We are therefore prepared to wait. If the matter reaches court, it will create a sensational scandal. Mm. Uh, Phoebe, that is, Felix's sister... Who has returned to this country, now that both her father and her husband are dead. She refuses to believe that this man is her elder brother. Phoebe and Felix have never got along at all well. But this matter has thrown them together again. I
1: see.
0: Felix invited her down to the elm, and the arguments have never stopped. Things came to a head a few nights ago. We had sought legal advice, of course. But a frank discussion brought many facts out into the open. Felix, as always, was kindness itself... But Phoebe was adamant. She impressed upon Wilfred Simmons, uh, our family solicitor, that she would never accept this imposter. I tell you, Mr. Simmons, that Matthew is dead. I know he is dead. This man is an imposter.
2: We've only to take him to court and trick him once or twice, and we can break him. But, Phoebe, the letter, the handwriting. Well, we have nothing to compare it with, but the fact that he called me Droops. No one else ever called me that. Well, I mean, since we were children except Matthew. And I always refer to him as Braun. You know that, but... How could an impostor have found that out?
4: I don't know. But he has somehow. Look, if Matthew had been alive in recent years, do you think we wouldn't have heard from him? Of course we would. He would have been sponging upon us, writing begging letters. Oh,
5: come, come, come. He, he may have become rich, successful, made good. After all, your own husband, Clarence... Matthew
4: would never have become successful. Clarence might have started off as an actor. But he ended as a theatre impresario. A name to be reckoned with in America. And he did it purely by hard work. Matthew was a drifter. He put down no roots and never worked unless he could help it.
2: He was perilous when he died in Africa. Phoebe, you can't say that. You don't know it. You were guessing. And Mr. Simmons is right. I've never received a begging letter from Matthew in my life. Well, I have. what? Uh, You have? Yes, many times. Though I
4: suppose he must have reasoned that because I left the fold, that I would be more sympathetic than you. I've received about five, all told, over the years.
2: But, but why didn't you ever tell us?
4: My dear brother, we've hardly been on speaking terms during the last 20 years, no, have no, we? Can, you, can
5: you produce any of these letters? We could compare the handwriting and then... No, of course I can't produce them. I didn't keep them.
4: At least I don't remember doing so. I'll go through my things, but it's very doubtful.
2: Did you ever reply to the letters?
4: Once or twice. I was even stupid enough to take pity on him once. Many years ago, we were in America. He was there, too, drifting about the San Francisco docks on his way to Africa. I sent him money. He never acknowledged it. Then I had another begging letter from Africa. It was just before Khartoum. He must have died out there about the time General Gordon was killed. Since then, I haven't heard a thing.
2: But Phoebe, this doesn't prove a thing. I I mean... No, no, no. Wait a minute. Wait
5: a minute. This may help. If we confront this man and ask him casually if he ever wrote to his sister, and if so, when and where, it will place him in an extraordinarily difficult position. He'll be forced to give us facts and figures. Uh, if you can only find one of those letters, Phoebe, then I think we shall have the proof that we need. I shall look.
4: As I say, I hold out very little hope. But please don't let us give him the chance to do even greater research into Matthew's past. I, I beg you, leave it until he tries to take the whole matter to court. Let us keep all this up our sleeves.
2: I'd sooner settle it out of court without a scandal.
4: Do you want to give away the family fortune? The home? Just hand it over to this man without fighting him? I always thought you were
2: spying. Oh, no, no, no. Please, please, please. Phoebe, you haven't seen him. I'm sure it is Matthew. He had, well, he looks like Matthew, speaks like him.
4: You can remember how he looks and speaks after 25 years? You were a youngster when you last saw him. You can't believe it's Matthew. And I won't let you hand everything
5: over to him. Oh, no, no, please, please. Let's keep all this to ourselves, at least for the next few days. Just let us wait and leave the next move to him. Now, what do you say? Do you agree?
0: And that is where we are at the moment, Mr. Holmes. I came to ask your opinion. What do you think we should do? Fight the matter in court or not? What do you say?
3: Jennifer Inglethorpe leaned forward in her chair and looked eagerly at Sherlock Holmes. He'd been listening intently to a story dressing gown wrapped round his tall frame, his head sunk upon his chest as he gazed into the fire.
1: He placed the tips of his fingers together and then said, I advise you to remain quiet. Your sister in law is correct in one respect. In a position like this, the guilty parties will eventually give themselves away. But I think in this case, quite a lot of rope will have to be played out before the culprits hang themselves. I was surprised that Holmes phrased his reply in the
3: plural, that Mrs. Inglethorpe seemed quite satisfied rose to her feet
0: thank you mr. Holmes but will you promise me one thing if at any time you can take an active part in the conclusion of this affair you will do so regardless of our personal feelings
1: I will give you that promise yes good day to you mrs. Inglethorpe. after that
3: some weeks passed before a court action was publicly announced it immediately hit the headlines there was general sympathy for the claimant it was a romantic story The return of the repentant prodigal son, penniless, to take what was rightfully his. It lasted for days. Some witnesses swore Matthew Inglethorpe was genuine, others that he wasn't. Of course, the cross-questioning of the man himself was the highlight. Sir Arthur Wolseley, for the defence, subjected him to hours of interrogation... ...and threw some very awkward questions
2: at him. Now, tell me, we have heard of your travels throughout the world... How you dropped the name Matthew Inglethorpe for the less conspicuous name Ian Thorpe. During this time, did you ever attempt to communicate with your family at the Elms? No. You didn't write any letters to your father, brother, or sister?
5: I didn't write to my father or my brother at the Elms. I did, however, write to my sister Phoebe.
2: Ah. Can you remember how many letters you wrote and the times and places from which you wrote them?
5: I wrote five letters in all. I can't remember the exact dates. I know the last one was from Africa. Near the time before that, I was in San Francisco, and Phoebe was kind enough to send me money for my passage to Africa. I arrived there in 1881, just after the defeat of Majuma. I wrote again some four years later, at the beginning of 1885, when General Gordon was slain. That was the last time I tried to communicate with her. Oh,
1: well, Watson, he's got around that one perfectly. If you can only prove his handwriting, he's in a very strong position. I think they're going to bring his sister for the defense.
3: Phoebe Howard was calm, but I suspected very angry as she stepped forward to give her evidence. She denied any resemblance of the claimant to her brother, refusing to see any likeness. As to the letters, she spoke with total conviction.
4: The handwriting on the letter my brother Felix received, calling him by those nicknames... And the handwriting on the letters I received is, to the best of my knowledge, completely different.
2: It is a pity that you did not keep those letters.
4: I would have done, had I known this would come about. But who keeps begging letters for five years? Naturally, I destroyed them all.
2: Naturally. But what makes you so sure that the claimant is not your long-lost brother? What about his evidence, his knowledge?
4: He could have found out all he's told us from a long association with Matthew. In one of his letters, Matthew mentioned a bosom friend who traveled with him. They were in Africa together. I believe that bosom friend to be here, sitting in this court, impersonating Matthew. Why in this
2: court? court? What?
4: Please, Your Honor, may I make a statement?
5: Proceed.
4: My brother Matthew was the black sheep of the family. I was also treated as an outcast when I married the man I loved. Can't you see that if this man was Matthew, I should be delighted that he now came back to redress so many wrongs? I've no love for the past. I would dearly love to see a change in the old ways. If I truly believed this man was Matthew, I should embrace him with open arms. But as it is, I cannot believe him. I do not know him. But I know you
5: and our secret regarding the governess. What? Yes, governess oh. Grinston. We got her fired by placing stolen jewelry in her wardrobe, didn't we? You and me. And no one else knows this, not even Felix. Or have you forgotten oh. that? Oh. I can't. I Great.
1: He has won the day. To that, it was literally
3: all over by the shouting judgment was entered for Matthew Inglethorpe and he was cheered when he left the law courts. There was great admiration also for Felix Inglethorpe when he was seen to shake hands most heartily with his elder brother. Phoebe Howard, however, heavily veiled and muffled in her furs, hastily climbed into a waiting hansom and vanished. The case was over.
1: So, you think the case is over, do you, Watson? I, uh, I beg your pardon, Holmes. Well, ever since we returned home, you've been wearing a satisfied smile, yet you haven't said a word. The events at the law courts could hardly have been more dramatic, could they? It's caught the public imagination, and everyone is pleased with the result. Except, uh, Phoebe huh? Oh, I don't think she'll be too distressed. What do you mean by that? Well, simply that in her own words, she was prepared to embrace her real brother with open arms. I predict that it will not be long before she and Matthew are reconciled. Mm. Well, then the
3: case really will be over. And if they all learn the lessons of the past, then perhaps this family will not fail again as you think they are doomed to. I wish I could feel as confident as you, Watson, but
1: I'm afraid I still think there is a considerable way to go. And until something positive occurs, well, we must just wait and see, mustn't we?
3: And after that, I was determined to forget the whole affair. I concentrated upon my work. Although word did reach me that Holmes' prediction regarding a family reconciliation had, in fact, taken place. It seems that, once again, it was Felix
2: Inglethorpe's generous nature that brought it about. Come, come, surely it is time that we behave sensibly. The facts have been faced. It is only natural that one should feel a certain animosity, but we must all try to rise above the circumstances. After all, Jennifer and I are the ones who stand to lose most. We are making preparations to leave the Elms. We shall return to town and establish our home there.
5: Uh, You don't have to hurry in any way, Felix. In in fact, I should appreciate it if you could stay on and assist me in running the estates. No, no, I could not do it. That they are yours to do as you like with. And what of you, Phoebe?
4: I shall be all right. No need to worry about
5: me. But these vast rooms, the running of the house. I'm still unmarried. Uh, There's no one here to play hostess. If you would consider returning to the Elms after all these years, I am more than willing to adjust to your taking your
1: share.
4: That... Uh, that is very generous of you, Matthew. But surely, after all that has happened, after all I have said about you, blackened your name.
5: Will you consider joining me back at the old home and trying to make a future happy for both of us? Will you, Phoebe? Mm-hmm. It was shortly after Phoebe returned to the Elms that Sherlock Holmes made
3: a rather unusual request. He'd been to see Jennifer Inglethorpe and her husband Felix and had somehow contrived to get us all invited down to the Elms one Sunday. I confess I could see no reason for this, but curiosity made me accept the invitation. It was clear from the onset that Matthew and his sister Phoebe were slightly put out by our visit. Felix introduced us, and immediately Holmes dominated the
1: proceeding. I'm extremely sorry if this seems to be an intrusion in any way, but really, Mrs. Inglethorpe, you've only yourself to blame.
0: Me? I don't understand.
1: When you came to see me at my rooms in Baker Street, you made a request, and that was that if ever I saw Fitz take an active part in the family drama, I should do so regardless of anyone's feelings, remember?
0: Yes. Yes, of course. But I don't understand.
1: No, but you will. Now, Mrs. Howard, it is with you that I shall start.
4: By all means, Mr. Holmes. What exactly is it that you want?
1: The truth from your own lips. You see, it's one thing to cause emotional scenes with clever stories... but quite another to prevent those lies being verified. I have a good many friends in the United States. It did not take me long to confirm or deny the facts. I don't know what you mean. Your marriage. Your husband's so-called success story and his apparent death. Of course you married the actor Clarence Howard... You did travel extensively with him, but he was out of work most of the time, wasn't he? What are you talking about? You ended up in cheap lodgings in Boston. Then you and he disappeared from the scene. There is no record of his death or burial in the United States, and no one has ever heard of him in the world of the theatrical impresarios where he's supposed to have made his name. Now, look here,
5: Holmes. What are you insinuating? Are you trying to say I'm saying
1: that Clarence Howard didn't die. He remained very much alive. But Matthew Inglethorpe, the real Matthew Inglethorpe did die out in Africa under the name of Ian Thorpe. Records could be checked there, you see. Then, then
2: this man is an
1: imposter. Of course to... he is an imposter. He is Clarence Howard. Oh, uh,
5: Clarence? Of course. Holmes, oh,
1: I beg of you. How else could someone give such a convincing performance? Retain all the facts and details of family life unless he was a trained actor able to sustain a characterization. And... And all the information he he gave us was... Drummed into him by Phoebe, his own wife. She alone knew the secrets of the family and groomed him to perfection in the part. And then, very cleverly, she took the role of being his arch-enemy, trying to trick him. It was a performance almost as good as his.
0: This, This is unbelievable.
1: Of course, he won the claim. Against all odds, he had proved himself. Everyone was taken in. In time, a reconciliation with Phoebe, and then, of course... They could take over the Elms and the Estates while you bowed out quietly. How long they would have been able to sustain the roles of brother and sister is a matter of speculation. Well, what course of action you take is up to you. I should guess that the next court case will be even more of a sensation than the first one. Don't you agree? Holmes and I returned to Baker Street immediately.
3: And I cannot imagine the scenes that must have taken place back at the Elms. Once again, I was at a loss to know how Sherlock Holmes had arrived at the
1: truth. Every little detail was so overwhelmingly glib. His evidence, I mean. He remembered everything. The man knew far too much at just the right time. And the one member of the family who was never mentioned was Clarence Howard. Uh, It was worth checking up on. Facts. That's what detection is made of, Watson. Lies can never replace facts. Oh, she was very clever, but just a little too clever. Don't you think...
3: Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage as Holmes and Kerry
5: Jordan as Dr. Watson.